This is the Tribe Mastermind, where we talk business, purpose, and passion with your hosts, Jordan Muela and Steve Welty. If you're ready to shift into a bigger future, then this is the show for you. So plug in, buckle up, and get ready to be. Steve, how are you living? Living good, man. What's going on? Well, I just got out of a board meeting, excited to be on the phone with you and uh, excited to be alive, man. So I was just, I'm on this board meeting call and it's great. It added a ton of value, a ton of clarity. I know most small businesses don't have a board and we didn't for, for a really long time, but it's been a, it's been a big game changer because we really reached up in terms of our board member. And what it's been making me think about is getting like, just talking about getting external advice. You and I have had this conversation about listening to the inner voice and following your gut and not selling out, not just kind of going along to get along, but I'd love to like get your insight and your perspective on getting outside counsel and kind of balancing that with like, still like listening to yourself. Yeah, that's interesting. So I recently got clarity on a personal board of directors, which was cool. Nice, <laughs> nice. You know, few people in my life that I can bounce things off of. Um, you're one of those people. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I think a belief is just something it's a set of thoughts that you don't even know is true and so i think Hmm. it's better to err on the side of believing what you believe versus adopting someone's belief unless it's uh unless it resonates yeah i fall into that trap too that i where i'm i'm you know i I think some way but i'm not really i don't have the courage to fully step into it but um i think outside counsel is huge but ultimately like they talk about in uh, Start With Why, your limbic brain, he breaks it down all scientifically. It's like your limbic brain uh, is like the part of your brain that that is what's called like a gut feel. And that's what people make purchasing decisions with. And that's why people don't make rational purchase, purchasing decisions. But it's also the part of the brain where there's no vocabulary. A lot of times people are lost for words, uh, me included, where I'm like, I, I feel this certain way. I can't really articulate it though. Um, that's because that part of the brain that that's like goes with the heart, the gut, all that stuff, uh, doesn't have a capability for a vocabulary. And so, um, that's why Simon Sinek's whole approach is like, you start with that, you start with why, because that's what activates that part of the brain. And that's where decision making. Even though oftentimes there's a, a language gap around it. That, that's what you're saying. Right. <sighs> that's interesting. So what I, I, Curious. Pardon? How'd you start your board? Man, I started my board in large part because it was one of the businesses where there's only where there there was not a odd number of founders, and therefore, um, like it was possible to get into a stalemate. Then there was a stalemate on certain issues, and so we needed a tie breaking vote. But we needed outside counsel. Man, here's what I found: like there are certain 
conversations and looping conversations that you can get in with certain important relationships in your life where I found myself and I've experienced saying and having said back to me things that would never be said if there was another third party in the room, right? It's like your comfortability in the relationship can allow you to go places and just say certain crazy things where there's a lack of accountability because of how comfortable you are in the relationship. So having that third party present is really helpful, but then also the wisdom and the perspective from that third party, the board member in reference has a a crazy business background, um, worked in the Valley, had a lot of wins and and exits. And it was, I just, I found my conversations with him to be shortcutting a lot of conversations that I could have for hours and hours and hours because I'm speculating. I don't know what I'm talking about. Talk with him. And it's like within 60 seconds, he's like, no, like here's the default let's move on. And I'm like, wow, that's just kind of really helpful as, <laughs> as a baseline, you know, cause there are certain areas where I just don't have experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so what came out of that? Did, was your, was your partner, Chris, was he, um, on board with that? Did he feel the same way or was there like still a stalemate in that? In terms of getting the board member or just in terms of like the thing you talked about today? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. For sure. It it drove, I was conflating. We brought up uh, three or four issues and there were some instances where we, we, I had a general sense of, of right direction, but I was conflating some ideas that needed to be parsed out with a greater degree of nuance. He, and he provided that. So it's less like, Hey, you're fundamentally wrong. And it's more like, Hey, let's parse this further. Maybe the tonality needs to change. It's a matter of degrees, but it can still have a big impact. So there were three big um, insights that came out of this call and you know, I'll share one of those. One of those was just re- related to product iteration and just the encouragement to take a larger project, bifurcate it and get it to the market as quickly as possible in order to get real world feedback on it at a high level. That's what it was. And that was exactly what I needed to hear. So that's a board member. Um, I've had coaches before. I have other friends and peers, other entrepreneurs in a mastermind context I feel like there's just there's different categories of of advisors. In some cases, it's straight business knowledge. In some cases, it's more emotional, relational, philosophical. You know, yeah, it's gone a long way for me. Yeah, I'm very relational, so I tend to overvalue other people's opinions, maybe to a fault. Like, uh, but that's why. I, but it's also served me really well. That's why I'm such a fan of other people in the room. Um, like to bounce these ideas off of Jason, the coach I'm working with has been a game changer. Um, I still pay well into year two for an integrator, even though every time we uh, kick around like, Hey, should we save the 3,500 bucks, <laughs> you know, or could we do this ourselves? But every time after we're like, no, I'm so glad Jeff was in the room. Cause he adds so much value just as an independent Mm. voice that can see it from the outside it's like we talked about in the tribe manifesto you can't i think you articulated it well you can't audit the quality of your thoughts from inside the bottle or something you made some crazy like metaphor (laughs) you can't read the label from inside the bottle and you can't can't audit the quality of your own thought Uh, yeah completely yeah that's like what a lot of coaching is man that was the first insight i had with coaching is that coaching is not about telling people what to do as soon as my coach told me that i was like relieved i was like (laughs) oh man that's you know what a burden lifted. 
Dude, I'm getting more interested in coaching. So Jason gave me access to his bus program. It's like a program for coaches. And I've been going through it a little bit. And there's some interesting stuff there. I, I mean, I don't want to be a coach, but I like to be able to help people. And uh, he kind of said it this a similar way. He said, become known for not like what you do, like your program or whatever. Like that's like his big thing is that's like 10%. Like what you sell is 10%. 90% is you and what you believe. And um, he says, be known for what you activate in people. Like you help that, like kind of what you said, you help them figure it out themselves. They come to the conclusion on their own kind of yeah, help yeah. them. But, um, but that's like exactly what he's doing for me is he'll give me some ideas and some nuanced ways of looking at things. But ultimately it's like, it clicks for me. And I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the And You know, it's like, just having someone that like Clint does that a lot for me, um, mm -hmm. other people in my life that just have a really good way of asking the right questions um, rather than telling me what to do. So that speaks to the much smaller impact of telling people what to do. Like some people feel like they, they got a hammer and everything in the world looks like a nail. It's a much lower impact way to, to do things because you can get people to nod their head and you can get some short term behavioral modification, but it's not as impactful in the big picture. And it also speaks to why coaching is that the limit of coaching is the ripeness of the problem for the person being coached. If they're not willing and not ready, you can't do anything, you know, and the coach has to take the responsibility of appreciating the fact that you could sell somebody something that is going to be useless and inert if the person's not ready. Yeah. I'm so, such a believer that questions are not only superior to answers, but like so needed and so important. And, you know, I challenge people, including myself to like every so often, maybe every couple of weeks or something, like make a list of like all the questions, like help you need, like how, how do you do this better? What's going on with this? Like, I feel this way, et cetera, et cetera. And then going to someone with that, like we're, we're lucky, like, cause we have tribe. I'm excited for the ask mm -hmm. give next time because I've got, like, I've just an open forum. Cause I've got, I know I have a lot of things that will literally like 5X or 10X my speed, my, my, uh, my accuracy to what I'm trying to do um, just by asking. And if you think about it as entrepreneurs, like, I mean, I work with a coach, so maybe it's, it's not as uh, you know, poignant for me, but before I was, I wasn't really asking and before tribe, I wasn't really asking people a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Like mm. Facebook group, like, you know, on the message board, maybe like when something's on fire and I need a quick answer to like some tactical issue Yeah, about like the get quiet, like, okay, this project, like, why am I even working on this project? Like, what's the intended result of this project? Okay. And then just getting clear on a bunch of questions and going to some people you respect with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think when I think about the holistic nature of my work in the past, I would think about it like, all right, here, like here's work here, here's, you know, church or this social interaction, whatever. But the more that my work has felt more like art rather than science, yeah. the more I've been able to embrace the fact that I can have a non-business conversation with somebody about how I'm feeling and um, yeah, basically about how I'm feeling. And that could generate an insight that's like massive for, for work for me. <laughs> that's interesting. I'm so glad to hear you say that because from an outsider's perspective, I felt like you were always a big science guy. Mm. 
<laughs> right. You know yeah, I get it. Yeah. I make it like intellectual. Yeah. Well, like, you know, like you, you want to see, you're very good at breaking things down and being like, okay, well, is this actually causing this? You know, like, I, I feel like you're analytical mm-hmm. in a big degree. Um, not that you were absence of art before. I just felt like science. So is that something like newer you feel that um, arts, the art of it is becoming more important or has that always been important for you? It's just, you know, I, I went through something I mentioned before uh, called the master coaches Academy with my coach. And when I went through that process, that was something that I got clear on and I gained more permission around one of the things that I talked about with Chris recently. So Chris is the CTO of lead simply as a technical Ben. And he was telling me on the phone, he was like, you know, I'm kind of frustrated that he identified something really important around the problem that we're trying to go after in the workflow space. And he was frustrated that the team couldn't see the nuance there. And I was like, bro, I get that you're frustrated and I get you wish that they could see that. But at the same time, you got to use this as a moment of clarity to accept and own that that is your unique ability. You can bitch about it or you can just recognize like, this is my unique ability. And if everybody could do it, it would be some boring banal skill. I get frustrated with him or with others that I can see certain things relative to um, the creative act of marketing or sales. And once somebody else sees it, they're on board. But if you just mention it in abstract, they can't ID it. Uh, I don't know where I was going. <laughs> with that. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. The art, the art, the art oh, of it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You know, it's it, life is art. Yeah. Now the relationship side of it, I see that with you and that's always fired you up and, and there, that is a real art. Um, but I, I think you have a good balance of both. Um, one question that was really interesting that uh, uh, was in the program I was going through was um, who, who's someone that you feel is unstoppable and if, what would they do if they came and took over your business? Mm. Like what would they achieve? What would they do to achieve what you're trying to achieve in half the time? That is so good, man. I think about that all the time. When I feel stuck, I have to ask myself, is there any possibility that if Jeff Bezos was running this company, that like anything would stop him or that any problem I'm hung up on would be an impediment? He'd cut it like a a hot knife through butter. Yeah, I love that. I love that question. And there is, as entrepreneurs, a tendency just to make things way more complicated than they need to be. Totally. Like, um, Someone I recently found that I'm, you know, loving on uh, Derek Sivers. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, I could go Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, but like, I think like I really resonate with him. So like if he came into my company, I think uh, number one, he would probably get everyone really focused around what our primary objective is. It's to like service the customer, mm-hmm. to really make the customer successful at all costs. Um, we'd probably get more clarity around our beliefs and we'd probably inject our beliefs into what we do um, more deeply. Um, man, I, I don't know. It's interesting. The other way he phrased it was, what would your seven-year-old self do to run your company to make it more fun? <laughs> oh, man. Wow. <laughs> uh, I've, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. So, you know, I got three companies that are like active <clears throat> concerns with different cultures. One's basically engineers and others, accountants and other salespeople. And the culture between them is like so radically different. And I've, I feel like I've progressed in my permission to allow myself to embrace fun and man, fun can be so revolutionary, man. Yeah. The energy of what it calls out of people is like this crazy underappreciated X factor. Totally. 
So last last um, quarterly retreat with uh, the company that's all salespeople, we landed in Nashville where we're having our quarterly retreat. And we, we're having an event there. We go look at the venue. And then afterwards, we go directly to a costume shop and we rent costumes. And it was like 70s themes. And dude, like these people are looking at me like, like this is a part of the job. Like it's like 2, 2 p.m. on a Tuesday and we're going to a costume shop to wear, you know, 70s disco themed outfit. And I was like, yeah, because we got videos and we recorded a video on Friday, professional film crew. And it was just us dancing behind a green screen. That was like, that was a highlight of my professional career, bro. (laughs) Dude, I love that photo. You said that to me. I was like, what? So whose idea was that? That's golden. That was my idea. And the beauty is I got a co-founder that's like, ah, yes, that this seems like a rational idea. Let's, uh, let's definitely put some budget behind that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. That's so funny, man. Anything to make, bring levity. Um, and you know, I find myself just, I would kill myself behind my keyboard and my computer always in the weeds with the same tactical BS. Mm. It's like just to, just to rise above that makes you approach things from a completely different dimension. Um, I think my seven-year-old self (laughs) would probably relax, like, you know, uh, probably like get to know people in my office more, um, like laugh about shit, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like not freak out if someone's watching a YouTube video, um, you know, would probably like be interested (laughs) in the client. Like I wouldn't go straight to business when the client called, I'd be like, well, what are you doing, man? I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you heard about this new uh, product or this new uh, movie? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just interesting to think about. Yeah, it is. I like that. You, you shared that quote one time that I keep coming back to and like unpacking it further. It was the quote by um, the spiritual teacher. Totally. Not Deepak Chopra. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Eckhart Tolle. The, and I, I'm going to butcher it, but it was something along the lines of that when we're suffering, we've returned to the mind. And I'm not going to pretend like I understand exactly what that means, but the sense in which it is true to me is when I'm really agitated or suffering or upset in light of the fact that I don't live in the 1700s working on a sugarcane plantation, like generally speaking, my life is great and fantastic all the time. And there's just nothing for me to be upset about. I, I truly believe that. So when I am suffering, I have to accept that it's not necessary. It is fabricated and the path out is levity and laughing at myself and realizing that there's no reason for me to take myself that seriously. Um, I've, I've just like, that's been, I've gripped with that pattern of being like, this is serious, whatever it is. Like, this is a serious issue. This is not a laughing matter. You know, heads are going to roll. I have, um, I'm justified at being pissed off as if that serves me. It doesn't actually serve me to be really upset. So I love that, that you, you mentioned the levity thing, just laughing at yourself. Yeah. What if we tested that? What if we took like something that's really bothering us in our business and tried to bring like 5% more levity or fun to that situation? Like um, something that comes up for me is uh, Mm. like negative reviews. Mm. Like uh, I recently had a a one star, actually it was a two star. The lady was kind of cool. She gave us a two star. And this is a long-term client for like 10 years. This has been a client. And uh, it's one of those problems, I think, because I used to do everything um, 
so she's used to me. And so there was some kind of struggle when, you know, you grow and then, you know, the owner is no longer dealing directly with the, but that shouldn't cause, uh, you know, the, the service to suffer or anything. But, um, but every, everything she wrote, like her, besides her feelings, everyone's entitled to their feelings. Like she was wrong. Like she wanted to keep like the tenants deposit and not, and not fix stuff. Like there was like all these like really, you know, interesting issues that, uh, weren't, you know, I felt like we were in the right. And so, uh, I just asked her, I said, you know, what can I do to make it right? You know, like, Mm. what can I do to, um, you can leave the review, you can change the review, you can remove the review. That doesn't matter to me. Like, what can I just do to make it right? And she was like, well, if you pay this $299 lighting bill, um, uh, that would go a long way. I'm like done. And at first, like my team was like disappointed in me that I did that because they're like, you didn't have to do that. Like (laughs) we didn't, we did nothing wrong. Justice. Like, yeah, but our, our purpose for existing is to improve lives. And so that's our goal. And if that 299 helps improve her life, then I feel like we've won. And so I, I I did that and we kind of like made a joke about it and, you know, we're able to get more clarity around the team, but I don't know if that's necessarily bringing fun to the situation, but like it was levity. It was kind of freeing just to be like, Hey, I'm writing the check because of my purpose is more important than this, this like tactical issue of I'd rather be happy than right. I'd rather be on mission. Dude, Oh, well said. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I was thinking. So you can make it fun in the, in the act, right? Like any banal act can be turned into fun. And I've been having yeah. so much fun with the rent scale crew, just like palling around, joking around with the little things. So like that check that you sent out, you know, you could have made it dramatic, right? Like it could have been sending it in a, some kind of a, you could have sent one of those publisher clearinghouse giant yeah. checks for two. I mean, whatever it is, I'm thinking about, on my end, um, hiring, hiring with profit coach is a huge bottleneck. I'm frustrated. It's not happening fast enough. And so um, my natural impulse is like, you know, guys, this is a serious business <laughs> issue. We need to get serious about this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like heads will roll, <laughs> but I could get off that and try and make it fun. You know, we could shift the hiring process around making a recruiting video about how we have a great time. Cause like our, our job postings probably suck right now. It's just like the functional banal we're competing on the basis of like uh comp comp number of days off compensation plan, yeah. et cetera. We could record a video of us just having a great time, you know, going skydiving or doing whatever. Dude, there's so much opportunity in hiring to, to have fun with the process. Like, you know, you can make them do anything. <laughs> you can tell them, Hey, go to uh you know, go to the nearest uh, street light and, um, you know, climb as high as you can and take a selfie. <laughs> like, <laughs> you never know what people will do. Like, um, there's so many opportunities. I, I have a great hiring process that I got from a friend who got it from um, Darren Hardy. And, and his, like, his, uh, I think the job description, there's so much room, especially if you're a writer, like, you would love this, Jordan, to make it fun and appealing. Like, um, what his talked about was um, they had a lot of cool stuff, but it was like, like for instance, uh, we're looking like, let's say you're looking for a maintenance coordinator. You'd be like job entails, angry tenants, um, (laughs) mudslinging um, (laughs) owners that feel you're stealing from them. Um, Like all this bad stuff, but the reward is getting to brighten people's day 
getting to change, have a, have a impact on people's lives and, and, you know, take a bad situation and make it, you know, three times better. And so that was just one example. But the cool thing with that is it's going to screen out all the people that would have hated the job anyway. But the people that actually get energy, like me, Dave, there's a few people on my team that have done all these different positions. Like mm-hmm. I actually get energy when someone's like really pissed off and they call my office because I'm like, whoa, this is like an opportunity to like, if I can flip this person to actually like, yeah. like that's exciting. Yeah. I just it's like the, chase. the battle is just letting them talk. So I just like shut up and then they like berate me for 20 minutes. Run out of steam. Yep. Yep. I n- totally get it. You know, if I were you, I'd feel the same way, you know? Um, and it's true. If I was them, I would feel the same way. I'd be them. And, and so uh, it's not inauthentic, but, but yeah, I think there's, there's lots of opportunities there. I, I, that's what I love about Dave, my operations manager. He keeps things so much, so fun. And um, I told him how much I appreciated that. Uh, he is always writing like uh, quotes from pro- prolific rappers on the whiteboard. Mm. <laughs> like, mm. and then like jay-z like puts like these quotes um he's always making like raps about like good life um just just fun stuff that uh i think really goes a long way when you're getting browbeat and the monotony of uh property management you know I think like self-expression and allowing for self-expression is to say that you want all of someone to show up for the job, not the functional and the literal, their ability to use a keyboard and the logic side of their brain, but like bring your whole self. We think about models like Silicon Valley or the salary man in Japan, where they're grinding them to death, having them work 80 hours a week. That is one way to get more output. Another way to get more output is to have somebody bought in, having joy, wanting to go the extra mile and like identifying with the collective effort. It is me. I am it. I stand for it. I believe in it and I am committed to it and the outcome, the organizational outcomes, the people outcomes, and it will come back to me. I will benefit and grow and it accepts me and it needs to me to bring my whole humanity skill set. That is the aspiration do you get that aspiration when you draw a very hard box with four corners and you say, Hey, these are the types of inputs, you know, your genius, your humor, your love, your emotion, your suffering, those things cannot enter the box. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's something that, um, lost my train of thought. (laughs) (laughs) Unacceptable. (laughs) (laughs) unacceptable you you reverted to the mind bro you reverted to the mind well let's wrap it there hopefully this sparks something for somebody else but takeaway for me here steve is fun leaning into fun i'm heading out to washington to lead some blobses in early august and we're doing like one day team building thing and uh i'm gonna make that really awesome i'm really gonna invest in it yeah and the way i'm gonna think about it is what if this was what if you had one year to live Hmm. this was your last year to live. Like, I think I would make things a lot more fun. I don't know what the appropriate time frame is six months. Like if I was going to die tomorrow, probably wouldn't do anything with work, but like that about a year, you know, I'd probably approach things a lot more differently, be a lot more present and uh, just have a lot more fun because the only thing that you leave when you leave is the way you made people feel. So that's what I'm after. Enjoy. All right, whoever's editing this, go ahead and cue in the Eminem Eight Mile track right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love if it. You'll only add one shot, baby. 
<laughs> there it is. All right, man. All right, man. Have a good one. Talk soon. See you, brother. Did you enjoy this episode? Please share it with a friend and leave a review on iTunes. If you'd like to find out more about joining the tribe, go to tribemastermind.com to understand why the best and brightest mastermind with us. 